My name is Curtis Blandy, and you are listening to Friends of CJSR on CJSR 88.5 FM. CJSR is a volunteer-run community radio station, so you could say that we get by with a little help from our friends. Friends of CJSR are 55 businesses that give discounts to all volunteers and fund drive donors who offer their time and money to our little radio station that could. We couldn't do what we love without their help. Given that COVID-19 continues to disrupt our day-to-day lives, we here at CJSR thought we should check in with some local business owners. We wanted to see how their lives have been affected, talk about some positive changes that'll hopefully come out of all of this, and ask how the community can help support them through these difficult times. It's Pride Month! So, this week, I spoke with Rebecca Blakey and Parker LaFleur. They are co-owners of The Quilt Bag, which is a locally owned and operated retail shop that sells locally made wares, focusing on supporting LGBTQ2S plus creators. Just a forewarning, I was unable to record my conversation with Rebecca and Parker in our beautiful studios located on the University of Alberta campus. So, I had a virtual meeting with them on a Zoom call and recorded that audio. I'm Curtis Blandy, and you are listening to Friends of CJSR, right here on CJSR 88.5 FM. Here's my conversation with Rebecca Blakey and Parker LaFleur, co-owners of The Quilt Bag. Hi, my name is Parker. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm one of the co-owners of The Quilt Bag. I take care of the operations side of things and the day-to-day of the store when we're open to the public. (laughs) Hi, my name is Rebecca. I use she, her. I am the other co-owner of The Quilt Bag, and I am responsible for, like, strategic (laughs) visioning. Vision and strategy. Yeah, vision and strategy. So how long has the quilt bag been open for? We have been open since December 1st, 2018. We we did this really slow rollout where we were like, our doors are open, um, but we didn't tell very many people because we had basically safety concerns. And we were like, we want to grow slowly but surely and really, really organically just by word of mouth before trying to do um, any media. And then by May of 2019, we were like, okay, we're ready. We'll do a grand opening and we'll talk to people more broadly and kind of take bigger risks, letting people know what's going on. So it's like, what's the grand opening? What's the soft opening? Like, what does open even mean? When did the idea come about? What is time? (laughs) Yeah. And going forward, what's being open going to look Yeah, exactly. 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 Uh, Can you just tell me a little bit about the quilt bag? Sure. So the Quilt Bag is an LGBTQ retail store focused on queer and trans wares by artists who are local to Edmonton or have some connection to the city. Um, So Quilt Bag is an acronym. Actually, it's a rearrange of the letters in LGBTQ, plus some some additional ones that are a little bit less commonly known. Um, So it's kind of a fun way of having a little secret code for anyone who recognizes quilt bag as an acronym. And then for people who don't, they're usually delighted to find out that that's what it means. Um, So that's what we focus on is LGBTQ art and pride swag. Um, Yeah. Stuff that, you know, trans people might want for transition purposes, like gender affirming garments, things like that. 
So I have a really wide range of products, but it's all kind of focused around being by and for queer and trans communities and our supporters. What do you think Pride is going to look like in Edmonton this year? It's going to be digital. <laughs> <laughs> the future. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few like big um, events that have transitioned to being on through online platforms. So there's you know, the yearly um, queer prom that usually happens for high school students to get to come and dress up and have a really affirming space to be themselves and have their own version of prom. And so that's happening online this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Fruit Loop, who's one of the big, like they host like queer dance parties, is doing a big, you know, pride bash online. Um, so people can tune in from home. Um, there's going to be lots of performers and stuff. So I think there's going to be a lot more online pop-ups happening um, and being announced probably even in the next few days here. And for our part, we're just trying to figure out how we can participate in a bunch of those, um, provide you know giveaways and gifts and make sure everyone has whatever kind of rainbow and other pride stuff that they want. Um, been selling lots of pride flags for a wide variety of identities. So I think we're hoping that people still take on that sort of sense of pride and wanting to sort of show their pride in whatever way that means to them. So we're hosting a little contest so people can um, put up their pride decor at their house or in their room or wherever um, and tag us in it and be entered to win a hundred dollar gift card. So that's one of our ways we're kind of saying like just figure out a way to make it work for you wherever that is and however that is just Yeah. yeah. I think both of us have a really expansionary definition of like what it means to really visibly celebrate pride. And that's definitely one of the things that I am super excited about this year is just like, there's a way that not being able to have like a big corporate gathering, like lots of people are used to really encourages people to like, take a like take a really, really political event and kind of have it in their own hands instead. Um, And I think that that allows for like a real variety of like celebration slash grieving Mm -hmm. slash resistance um, that is just like really, really cool and speaks to like how varied everyone who falls under the kind of acronym umbrella is anyways. Yeah, it's kind of just like gone a bit more grassroots, hey? Exactly. Definitely. Yeah, which was happening in Edmonton anyways. Um, because it's been a big shift the last couple of years with the pride parade being canceled and so people are kind of figuring out how do we actually want to represent ourselves and our Mm -hmm. communities more creatively it's kind of cool how long has your business been a part of friends of cjsr um i think it's been over a year now or almost a year yeah yeah we joined in 2019 um and that's been really cool yeah. Um, it's fu- it's funny that Friends of CJSR is like the kind of official title because when you asked that, I was like, I've always been a friend of CJSR. Like, I'm a big fan. I fully support. Like, I love that. And then I was like, oh, no, this person means the sticker that we have in the window. <laughs> so this is the big one, but how has your business been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, the m- most straightforward answer is that we have physically closed the store since um, mid-March. We made the decision a little bit before it was mandatory, just kind of seeing that that was the trajectory and really thinking through what felt the safest um, for ourselves and our customers and our communities. Um, And so we've 
really pivoted hard to online engagement, online sales. Mm -hmm. We had a we had a tiny little fledgling online shop before this, and so we really tried to grow that. We we're trying to recreate that feeling of people being able to come in person. So we've we've kind of dabbled with a few different things. Like for a few weeks, we did custom care packages that we were delivering around Edmonton and putting in the mail for people so that they could send a little something to their friends or loved ones who they couldn't see in person. So that was really good for that initial mm -hmm. isolation period where a lot of people were just fully doing shelter in place, not leaving their house. And since then we've switched to curbside pickup models. So we still get to see people's faces briefly from a distance when they come pick up their stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's been really nice. Um, we also added a, like an online shopping channel. So in the you know those cheesy like infomercial late night like call in and order whatever the person's like showing in a very like Vanna White kind of way. So we decided to do something like that. So Rebecca has been our lovely host every Wednesday evening on Instagram. And it's been super fun to kind of like pull different products and show people because there's something about like being able to see something from all angles and you know like get um, the more physicality of it versus just a static picture on a website. And so that's what we wanted to do is just kind of uh, highlight, especially some of the stuff made by local artists, mm -hmm. the consigners whose work we carry, um, just to kind of give that a bit more of a highlight. Um, and people have had a lot of fun with that, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that was really, really like unexpected and quite delightful. Um, and I know for me, like the, m the most intense part of being, of being closed is just not being able to maintain a physical space for people to just come and do whatever they want in regardless of whether they actually purchase something like that's super super important to me and so the fact that let's be real parker came up with this idea of doing the shopping channel and just kind of having this medium where no matter where a person is if they're like watching the instagram thing they like perhaps can have the same embodied experience that they would have if they had gotten to visit the store and interact with both of us and you know like be in the sunny bright room and be surrounded by all these like really really affirming examples of passive iconography like that is really really cool um and i also take super super seriously the opportunity that we have to stand up as like an example of leadership in this particular moment and say like no we closed before it was mandatory and we are going to continue to stay closed even though technically the governmental order has been lifted because it is what is the safest and most manageable for us and we have a really really high ethic of care towards ourselves and everyone else yeah lead by example it's a really good thing like yeah yeah, it's scary that things have been just opening up. Well, and it's it's quite dizzying to be told, you know, okay, your business is open, but no, don't go hang out in your friend's house, you know? Yeah, that's weird. Our, our store feels like our living room to us. We're like inviting people yeah. into this little world that we're all co-creating together. And so it feels the same as having friends over mm -hmm. a lot of the time. So it's so strange that we would be like, well, we don't feel safe or comfortable inviting our friends over to our house. Mm -hmm. because that's not that's not where we're at in terms of like risk yeah but yeah we could have people to the store like it seems strange it doesn't make sense yeah um and so we want to make sure that anyone who does come in because we are open by appointment um just one person at a time and we want to make sure that people you know are, have lots of time to sort of plan get a mask you know we have hand sanitizer mm -hmm. 
So we're being really cautious about that, but it is a nice way that people can still come in and we are reducing our risk as much as possible. Yeah. For specialty garments. Yeah. Is mm -hmm. what, yeah. Have the provincial and Canadian governments done enough for small businesses like yours? Um, not at all. <laughs> no, um, there isn't really anything that is applicable for us. We weren't uh, we weren't eligible for any of the small business relief programs because they're based on employees um, having employees, and we're the only two staff currently. We have some volunteers as well, but we don't have employees who are paid a wage, and so it was based on you know, having wage subsidies, and it was also based on um, specific changes to your profit levels. And because we're a new store, that's just not how we're operating <laughs> um, at this point in time. So we don't, we didn't meet any of the eligibility criteria for any um, relief programs. And then the other half of the relief programs available in terms of rent are um, given to landlords. I've heard from so many people who run small businesses that their landlords have no intention of applying for this program. Yeah. Um, ours does not. Ours told us very clearly that he would not apply for it. There's nothing really for us from the, from the programs. But instead, we turned to community and we um, launched a crowdfunding campaign over the last month. And it just closed this week. Mm -hmm. And people really stepped up and came through for us. And we were able to raise about three months worth of operating costs, like our very like basic bare bones operating costs. Um, and so that's going to really help float us over the summer and make mm -hmm. sure that we can keep figuring out what people want from a store like ours and how we can meet those needs and be part of pride celebrations, honestly, because yeah. that's we were really worried. We were like, we want to we want to participate. Yeah. So that was really bolstering for us and gave us a lot of hope and sort of spurred us on to keep figuring out how we can make it work. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, I'm Curtis Blandy, and this is Friends of CJSR on CJSR 88.5 FM. I'm chatting with Rebecca Blakey and Parker LaFleur about their business, The Quilt Bag and how they are navigating COVID-19 in order to keep you stocked up on all your Pride Month goods. What types of support has the quilt bag seen from the community over the past couple months? You mentioned the Instagram live videos, but is there any other way? Yeah, I would say like the positive feedback on everything that we've been doing social media wise has definitely been like really, really wonderful and totally unexpected. I think the other thing is just what Parker spoke to in terms of the fact that we made a decision to launch a crowdfunding campaign. Um, and so people have been supportive of that insofar as they've donated to the crowdfunding campaign or they have shared it with people or they have simply continued to make purchases or recommend that other people make purchases and people are just like so kind and sweet when we do the odd drop off for someone or when people come and pick stuff up from the store, you know, people, you know, we wave from the car and like do a hand sanitize and then put something in someone's trunk and then like wave goodbye and all this stuff. And that's just so sweet. It really feels like, you know, people are rooting for us to kind of get to the other side. And that is, yeah, just, uh, it, it really makes your, kind of time and creative energy feel quite valued. 
Yeah, it brings out like a nice side of humanity, I guess. Well, it brings out all sides of humanity. Yeah, I just, I feel so, so lucky. We've never experienced this, but like if we're, if someone were to have a bad, like be having a bad day and like yell at us on the phone about like making a mistake with an order or like not having something in stock or whatever, I would just be like, yeah, it sucks. Like it's really hard. And like, I don't blame you for that. But like that literally just hasn't happened ever to us. One person was really mad one time that we weren't a quilting store. Yeah, that's the worst thing that happens to <laughs> yeah. us. We were, we were so worried that people would be like homophobic and transphobic about our store existing, but actually people are just disappointed that we're not a quilting store, <laughs> which is understandable. Luckily, yeah. luckily, there's an independent quilting shop down the block, so we just keep their cards on hand and we just send people down to Trapunto. What are some ways your customers can support you without physically coming in? Mm. The biggest thing is if people feel like shopping, just keep shopping. I mean, we're trying to keep our online store updated and add new things. Um, we're also going to be participating in a big uh, like cross-country LGBTQ online market called Flamingo. Flamingo Market is a big like Toronto queer market that happens during Pride and other times during the year. And they're... Um, switching to being online and also opening it up to people to like LGBTQ businesses and makers across what we currently call Canada. Um, and so we are going to be on there. So that's another platform people can check out. Um, but also like we know that not everyone feels like shopping and that's totally okay. Or, you know, we've always wanted to make sure that the store wasn't just a place for spending money. Like we always have free stuff to give away and we invite people to just come hang out in normal times. So the equivalent of that is just online. Just come hang out on our posts, comment, like, share, tell people about us. Yeah. And additionally, I would say that the fa- like we have continued to put free stuff online. And one of the major things that we've put online is um, resource kits for people to contact elected representatives of theirs and just kind of tell them what they think about various governmental support programs. And to us, political engagement in the name of a sustainable future is part of supporting the store. Um, so if people want to, they can like go online. We also have free resources in the, in the form of various kinds of guides for um, wearing affirming clothing for trans folks. But the, the thing that I think is really, like one thing that I think is really cool and that I'm super proud of is the fact that we put together this kind of like digital activism little bundle, just being like, here's how you email your MP, like here's how you find information for who you can contact about this, like what does rent relief actually look like, you know, what does income support actually look like for people because we understand that people have lost their ability to make their livelihoods and we understand that people's families are at risk and we understand that like that's terrifying and we don't want to put pressure on people and say like you have to shop at the store otherwise we're not going to survive like there are so many different ways of supporting the work that we do and we consider that to be all connected is there a product that you've noticed has been a best seller or just really popular through COVID-19 People are buying greeting cards and postcards like nobody's business. And I think that's so cute because they just want to send a note to their friends (laughs) and say, I'm thinking of you. Yeah, we have uh, a line of greeting cards made by um, a queer artist from Calgary called Little Rainbow Paper Co. And they're just the sweetest little like watercolor designs. They're all like queer themed or like LGBTQ themed generally. And 
they have like nice little messages like thinking of you or like love you so glad you're you like the little ones like that so they're mm -hmm. just really nice for a variety of different kinds of relationships and that's been really popular and an awesome way to support postal workers yeah we honestly. love the union is there an aspect to being isolated that you've enjoyed it has encouraged a kind of different way of thinking about disability justice for me that has been really really exciting um i've always kind of been cognizant of the importance of various efforts at accessibility, but I think the current moment has really, really encouraged a lot of people to be like, actually, this can happen online. Like, actually, we can put captions on this. Actually, we can do all these things. Like, I just really, really appreciate like every single like disabled and mad activist that's kind of like come at this current moment and also kind of before us who's like been pushing for all this stuff. And now the fact that everything that they've been asking for all along has become like so apparent and easy for so many people to do. I really, I feel for people and I really appreciate their work. What do you miss the most from a pre-pandemic Edmonton? I miss going swimming at the pool and going to the library. I love municipal infrastructure. <laughs> Low cost and free municipal infrastructure. And from the store perspective, we've talked a lot about how much we miss just having customers come in. Like that's one of our favorite things is just, you were saying this yesterday, just knowing that we're gonna be here from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. holding space for whoever wants to come through, whatever they need, whatever conversations are gonna happen. And that's just like a really beautiful thing that local businesses can do. And we're looking forward to getting to do that again one day. What are some ways that you think this pandemic will change the future of retail? Well, I think that retail had been changing quite dramatically already recently. <clears throat> like we got into the game so recently, mm -hmm. but I knew from the get-go that there isn't really such a thing as like just being a brick and mortar business where all you do is just open, mm -hmm. as I was just saying, where you're just sitting there waiting for customers. That's still an important piece, but it also means being engaged online. It means hosting events, means going out and participating in like community activities and events. So it's really about being more embedded and integrated mm -hmm. in like what's going on around you in your neighborhood and in your city. And I think that's what makes retail possible and different from just a box store shopping experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's even more the case now. I know a lot of small businesses are having to close and that's reducing the options that people have. And so I think as the pandemic sort of comes to an eventual end, whenever that might be, um, when people reopen, they're going to have to be thinking about how to be more flexible and adaptable mm -hmm. to changing circumstances. And responsive to more people. More responsive. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and this is not at all to blame people who have had to close for not being able to do that because this happened so fast and unexpectedly that it's no surprise that some people have not been able to find a way to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, but I think anyone that's starting fresh after this, that's going to be the expectation is like you need to be so fluid between being in person, being pop-ups at markets, online, all those different things, mm -hmm. um, selling through Instagram, all that kind of stuff. It's just a little bit different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's been the most difficult thing to navigate over the past couple months? Um, work boundaries. <laughs> it's been so hard. <laughs> Rebecca is really, really good at being like, home is home and work is work. I'm a lot more like if I get a sweet idea at 10 p.m., I'm just going to 
get on the computer and work on it while inspiration has struck. And I think not having such like definitive like store hours has really sort of put me on that path of like, we're just going to work on the store all the time, anytime. Um, And so it's been a real balance of being like, how do we actually take care of ourselves and keep having time for like rest and for different kinds of fun because the store is really fun to me so it's really easy to get caught up in it and be like we'll just do this and figure out how to make it work and when you're translating an in-person like a brick and mortar store to an online shop and social media it takes a lot of work like it's so many hours of taking product pictures uploading writing descriptions advertising all that stuff Mm -hmm. And so just trying to figure out what's actually sustainable and how can we make like um, routines and systems that work that we can keep doing for the foreseeable future has been really important. Okay, we already chatted a little bit about this, but what types of positive change do you think will come out of this pandemic? I mean, I think that people have been really committed to connecting with their neighbors which has been very cool like there's been a lot more like very um, like micro local stuff happening um, just purely because of people not being able to travel or not not wanting to go and expose other people to the potential of a virus transmission and so there's been a lot of really like super super close to home things happening um, I don't, in our neighborhood, there's just tons of people out walking, and that's been really cool. It's really nice to see parents out with their kids during the day, mm-hmm. during the week. And I'm like, oh, you wouldn't have had this opportunity. Like, you would have been at work, and your kids would have been at school. Um, we have some friends who are in that situation, and you know, we talked. We had a conversation about how they didn't before this. They didn't always get to see their kids at their best. You know, it was like everyone was tired and cranky at the end of the day when they got home from work and school, but now they're getting to see the best parts of each other at their most creative times of day, at their freshest, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and just really get to know each other a lot better. And that's really cool. And I hope that people figure out ways to keep that connection with their their families and their neighborhoods um, and, and do that kind of like checking in on each other and, you know, finding other ways of keeping friendships strong. Uh, instead of just, you know, the every couple of weeks going out for food or something, mm-hmm. you know, because that's I really rely on that of like meeting up with friends for a meal or something like that every once in a while. But um, I find that we've been getting more imaginative with how we stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that um, the way that people are really, really reflecting on their relationships ushers in a future where people really, really understand what their priorities are and understand that that's that's like a political reality that we could usher into place if we insist on the value of um, mutual care over massive profits and making decisions over in terms of like prioritizing what's what's hugely profitable as opposed to what is safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe everyone doesn't have to go to an office or a labor job for 40 hours a week (laughs) and just feel exhausted and not have any energy left for our friendships and our relationships at the end of a workday. Maybe it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. And maybe people don't have to put themselves at a major risk in the name of environmentally degradating and genocidal infrastructure projects. What an idea. Maybe it doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) 
The way we have all come together through COVID-19 to support each other is truly amazing. Even though people are staying at home, we are still finding ways to support the businesses we care about to make sure that they make it through this pandemic. One day we'll all look back on this time and reflect on the strength of our community. This is a community that is resilient. It was so nice to have a chat with Rebecca and Parker and talk to them about how their business is holding up. So many things we talked about are things that every single person in Alberta and around the globe are dealing with. It is important to always remember that you are not alone in this pandemic, even though it may feel that way sometimes. Rebecca and Parker are wonderful people and true friends of CJSR. If you are wondering how you can support The Quilt Bag, go to thequiltbag.com. You can find them and support them through their social media to stay up to date with what they're up to, watch their Instagram infomercials to see some great products they carry, and if you have any questions about appointment-based shopping or curbside pickup, give them a call. They'll be glad to help you find just what you need. I'm Curtis Blandy, and you've been listening to Friends of CJSR right here on CJSR 88.5 FM.